A Muslim man comes to faith in Jesus. Another man is healed of brain tumors. Plus, what would it take to see 1 million new followers of Jesus in our five-state region in the next 15 years? We'll talk about all this today on the Five State Revival Podcast. My main goal in doing this podcast is to encourage and invest in the move of God that's happening in our five-state region of South Dakota, of North Dakota, Minnesota, and then Iowa and Nebraska. And one of the ways I like to do that is by sharing testimonies of what God's doing in different places in the region to encourage uh, those who are in a different part of the region that have no idea of the great things that are happening in other places. And so I want the people in Minnesota to be encouraged by hearing what God is doing in North Dakota. And I want those in Nebraska to be encouraged by what they hear God is doing in Rapid City, South Dakota. And so I want to share a testimony with you right now that I'm so excited about. It's from a friend of mine who sent me a text message last week, and he's working among Muslims somewhere in our five-state region. And he said this to me, he said, Jeff, I was just at a baptism of a former Muslim on Monday night. A local ministry partner met him in a grocery store and asked if he could show him a video. The man said yes, so they watched the first few minutes of a video called The Prophet's Story which explains the gospel through the telling of Bible stories. A few minutes into the video, the phone stopped working, but my friend asked the man if he would like to read some of these stories to which the man replied yes. They began to meet once a week to read through the Creation to Christ story set. The man grew more and more interested and eventually they began to meet two to three times a week. The man chose to follow Jesus before they even got to the New Testament stories. They have been working through the discipleship process now for the past month. And on Monday, he was baptized at my friend's home. I love this testimony for so many different reasons. First, I'm thrilled that there's believers in our area who are being intentional about sharing the gospel with the Muslims that live in our region. I praise God for that. But the second thing I love about this testimony is I think it's a textbook case of somebody masterfully working the whole disciple-making process. And I just want to outline all the things that they did right. First, they went to lost people and engaged them in a conversation about Jesus where they shared the gospel with them. Second, when they found a person who was interested, they invited them to continue meeting and read Bible stories together so that the Holy Spirit could reveal Jesus to the person through the scriptures. The third thing that he did that was awesome is when the when the guy, the Muslim man, got to the point where he really believed in Jesus, he understood the gospel, and he was truly ready to repent of his sins and follow Jesus as his Lord, he baptized the man and then continued meeting with him, working through the discipleship process, teaching him how to obey Jesus' commands. Awesome, awesome job. I'm encouraged by that testimony. So I have one more testimony I want to share with you that this was on my heart. And it's actually happened in 2007, and I had the privilege of actually participating in this testimony. And what happened is in 2007, we were at my church, we were having a a big picnic, and some man showed up to the picnic. I'd never met him before, but he knew I was the pastor, so he came up to me, and he just blurts it out. He just says, hey, will you baptize me? And I thought, wow, I've never met this guy before. So I asked him, I said, I would love to baptize you. I said, why do you want to be baptized? And he says, I don't know. I said, 
okay, well, you just want to get baptized? He says, yeah, I just want to get baptized, but I don't really know why. And I said, okay. I said, well, I tell you what, baptism isn't just an act that we go through. It has powerful meaning behind it. So let me explain to you why we get baptized. And I met with him and I explained the gospel to him. Well, after doing that, he understood the gospel. He believed that it was true. And he said, yes, I want to turn from my sin. I want to follow Jesus as my king. So I said, awesome. So I prayed with him and then the whole church took him down to a lake. Now he had also shared with me during this time that he was tormented by demons. He was constantly hearing demonic voices speaking to him, telling him to kill himself. He was suicidal. And so we took him down and before we baptize him, I read the scripture that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And we pronounced the blessing over him that as he was went under the water that the old him and all the demonic harassment attached to it was buried with Christ and that the new him was alive in Christ and free from torment. So after we baptized him, everybody cheered. And then I gave him a ride in my car back to where he lived. As we pulled up to the place where he lived at, all of a sudden I felt this intensely strong presence of God just come into the car. Well, I was wondering if he was feeling the same thing. So I just asked him, I said, is God saying anything to you right now? He says, actually, yes. He's like, God is telling me that I need to forgive my birth mother. Now, I don't think we had ever even talked about forgiveness before. Like I said, we had not known each other very long. I had just got done sharing the gospel with him. And so I, I led him through a prayer, forgiving his, his birth mother for whatever she had done wrong to him. After we got done, I still felt the presence of God. I was like, do you, do you, is God saying anything else to you? And he says, yes. He said, God is telling me that I need to quit looking at pornography and I need to get rid of all my pornographic magazines. And I was thinking, man, you are hearing the voice of God right now. I'm telling you, this is the Lord you're hearing. This is awesome. So I led him in a prayer asking for forgiveness for, uh, for participating in sexual immorality and renouncing that spirit that was behind it. And he says, I'm going to go right now. I'm going to throw away all my pornographic magazines. Here is the cool thing to me about that testimony is here's a guy who was hearing demonic voices and he was, he was tempted to kill himself. After he gives his life to the Lord, gets baptized, all of a sudden, he's not hearing demonic voices anymore. And instead, he's hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit leading him into freedom and into wholeness. I absolutely love this. So one more testimony that comes from this exact same man. It wasn't long after he was baptized that he went to the doctor and they uh, did some tests on him and they gave him the bad news. They said, you know, we're sorry to tell you, you have two brain tumors behind your ears. And so he called my wife and he also called another lady in the church and they prayed with him for healing. The next morning, he calls me on the phone. I said, hey, how you doing? He says, guess what? Jesus came to me in a dream last night. I, was, I said, really? I was like, what did he say to you? He says, well, first he told me that I was healed. And I told him, I encouraged him. I said, you know what? Jesus never lies. If he told you that you were healed, then you're healed. I encourage you to keep your appointment in two weeks with the specialist because he had an appointment scheduled in two weeks in another state to go see a specialist about the brain tumors. I said, keep your appointment. They'll just confirm the healing. And then I said, what else did Jesus say to you in the dream? And he says, well, he also told me some things about my future. And, and he shared those with me and they were really important things for him to hear that really gave him lots of hope for his future. And so he kept the appointment. 
Two weeks later, he calls me on the way home from his appointment on his cell phone. He's like, Jeff, guess what? They examined me. The specialist, uh, when they got done examining me, they said, why did they send you to me? There are no tumors whatsoever. I don't know why you're here. And so here's what we know. He had the test done confirming that he had brain tumors behind his ears. We prayed and Jesus came to him in a dream and said that he was healed. Two weeks later, he has an exam and there's no brain tumors there any longer. So I say glory to God. So I want to ask you this. What is God doing where you live? We would love to hear about it. Has he opened up doors for you to share the gospel? Do you have a story of God changing someone's life recently? Has there been a significant healing or miracle that you have witnessed? Has there been a harvest of new believers that's come in recently? We would love to hear about it. You can send your testimonies to me at fivestaterevival at gmail.com or you can go to our Facebook page, Five State Revival, and you could share your testimony on there. So now that we finished the testimony segment, we'll go ahead and move into our next segment where we'll check the scoreboard. Here are the statistics that I am aware of from the past two weeks for how the gospel is advancing in our five-state region. So that I'm aware of, uh, in the past two weeks, there has been 83 gospel shares. So that means that eight, there's been 83 times where someone has shared the gospel with, with another person. So there, that praise God for that. Also, there's been one baptism. I just shared that testimony with you of the Muslim man just over a week ago who gave his life to the Lord and was baptized in water. So praise God. Also, there are 38 people who are being actively discipled. There are 12 discipleship groups happening in our region that I'm aware of, and there's 14 houses of prayer happening that I'm aware of right now. So, of course, there is much more of these five activities happening in our five-state area than I'm aware of. But my goal in keeping track of it is I want to keep this vision of how to advance the gospel in our region before you. And also, I want to encourage you to keep your own weekly scoreboard for yourself or, or for your discipleship group that you lead, for your church, the disciples that you're training. Just at the beginning of a group meeting, go ahead and just ask everybody about these five areas. Just ask them, how many people did you share the gospel with this week? How many people did you baptize last week? How many people are you actively discipling right now? How many discipleship groups are you leading? And how many houses of prayer are you leading right now? And if you, what I found is this is an excellent visionary tool for keeping the vision before people that you're discipling of how they can stay engaged in the Great Commission and making disciples. And so I encourage you to keep this scoreboard for yourself, for your own group, for your church, and then email me your statistics each week. You can email it to fivestaterevival at gmail.com. And when I get it, I'll lump it in with all the other statistics I get from the region, and we'll add it to the big scoreboard and announce it on the podcast every week. So now that we're done with the scoreboard, let's go ahead and move into our training segment. So in the training segment of the podcast today, I want to talk with you about how to reap a million soul harvest in our five-state region in just the next 10 to 15 years. 
And first, I just want to start by saying, I really do believe that God is going to bring forth a million soul harvest in our region. And I'm believing it's going to happen within the next 15 years. So why do I believe this? I would say, first of all, it's because the Holy Spirit has been stirring my heart with the promise of seeing a million soul harvest for more than 20 years. But the second reason is because I see precedent in the scriptures where God has brought in this magnitude of a harvest before in a very short period of time. In fact, the ministry of Paul that happened in Asia Minor took about 10 to 15 years is what Bible scholars estimate. And of course, that ministry, you can read about it in the book of Acts. It was on the northern and the eastern coast of the Mediterranean Sea. That ministry took about 10 to 15 years, and there were about 10 to 15 million people living in that area during that time period. And Paul had such a fruitful ministry among these people that he actually writes to the church in Rome. He says, by the power of signs and miracles, through the power of the Spirit, so from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. And what what Paul is saying, he's like, this huge region of 10 to 15 million people, for the past 10 to 15 years, I have been working this region, proclaiming the gospel of Christ. And he actually goes on to say in verse 23 of Romans 15, he says, but now there is no more place for me to work in these regions. So Paul actually says this region of 10 to 15 million people is now saturated with the gospel. There's so many gospel workers here that they're going to take care of the remaining villages and cities and people groups that haven't heard yet. I need to go on to Spain. I need to push it further west to an area where there's a whole new place that nobody has heard the gospel because these regions used to be that way. 10 years ago or 15 years ago, but now this place is going to be taken care of. And I don't think Paul was saying that, of course, that every single person in that region was born again serving Jesus. We know from reading scripture that was not the case. But what Paul was saying is, is there are so many people who are saved and making disciples of Jesus now, they're going to have this region covered. I need to move on to a new area that has not yet heard the gospel. Now, here's what I want to point out to you. In the area of Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota, Iowa, and Nebraska, there are approximately 12 million people living in our area. So if the Apostle Paul could see an area of approximately 15 million saturated with the gospel in just less than 15 years, then I believe that God can do that in our five-state region in less than 15 years. So how did Paul pull this off? How did he see fruit like that in his ministry? I would say, first of all, he says it's by the power of signs and miracles through the power of the Spirit. And we have to have a commitment to relying on the Spirit's power. You know, as we go out and share the gospel and make disciples, we don't go alone. The Lord has promised in the Great Commission, he says, lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And he says, these signs will follow those who believe. As we go preaching the gospel, making disciples, the Lord will work with us and confirm the truth about the testimony of Jesus through miraculous signs and wonders and by bearing witness to the truth in those we share with. And so we need to rely on the Spirit's power and not just our own human wisdom or our own gimmicks. We need to go in confidence that God will work with us and we need to pray. 
We need to gather together. We need to worship. We need to be in the presence of the Lord. We need to be calling on the Lord to release his power in our region. And I really believe that if we'll saturate our region in prayer and saturate our region with the message of Jesus, then we will see miraculous results come forth. Another thing that Paul did, he just did lots of gospel sharing. He was sharing the gospel regularly. And I believe we need an army of people. In fact, one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast and I'm starting to travel in different places in the region to do gospel, I mean, evangelism trainings, is because I have it in my heart to recruit and train an army of laborers who will build the house of prayer and reap the million soul harvest in our region. Paul didn't win 10 to 15 million people to by himself to the Lord. What Paul did is he preached the gospel and then he trained the new believers to to make disciples as well. And through the process of multiplication, they were able to saturate an entire region. And the gospel actually went to cities that Paul himself had never stepped in foot in. And I believe that once again, we, the church in our region, needs to go back to the biblical methods of training new disciples to make disciples right away. And we need to rely on this multiplication process that Jesus modeled that to his apostles, that the apostles modeled in the book of Acts. I believe this is the scriptural method where not only do we make disciples, but we make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And through that process, we can reap a million soul harvest in less than 15 years with the Holy Spirit's help. So I want to just give you four practical things that you can do to partner with the Spirit to see a million full harvest. First, share the gospel weekly. Who will you share the gospel with this week? Even if you share the gospel, a commitment to share the gospel with only one person a week, it would be more than 50 people in a year would hear the gospel just through you. Do you know that if if every believer in our five-state region shared the gospel with 50 people per year, we would have this whole region saturated in a very short period of time. Second thing you can do, make a disciple. Baptize the people when they get saved and then continue meeting with them to study the Bible and train them to obey Jesus' commands as a lifestyle, including how to make disciples, okay? Number three, Start a discipleship group. This is, doesn't have to be a big fancy thing. It can just be three people that get together on a lunch break or one evening a week or for a coffee a week, once a, once a week in a morning somewhere. And you just get together, you study the scriptures, you minister to one another, you pray together, and you inspire one another to obey Jesus. Start a discipleship group. Number four, start a house of prayer. Again, this doesn't, you don't need a big budget or a big building to start a house of prayer. Just get two or more people meeting together over a lunch break, 20 to 30 minutes a week or or somewhere in your house. I have a house of prayer that meets in my home every Friday night. We pray from 6 to 10 p.m. Yours doesn't have to be that long or yours can be greater. Just get together with somebody regularly to worship Jesus, experience the Holy Spirit, and to pray for God to release his power to bring forth his will in the earth. So share the gospel weekly, make a disciple, start a discipleship group, and start a house of prayer. And I'll just sum it up by saying this. If we're going to reach the 12 million people in our five-state region in 15 years, we are going to need to multiply like rabbits. I believe that the key to birthing a movement in our region that engulfs our whole region is is 
to empower normal believers to multiply disciples in simple churches, okay? So I wanna give you this illustration talking about rabbits, okay? Rabbits are super fertile and they multiply so rapidly. Rabbits reach sexual maturity at only four months old. Rabbits also average seven babies per pregnancy. Rabbits have one a one-month gestation period. So at four months old, a rabbit can become pregnant and then one month later give birth to seven more babies. So at the age of five months old, a rabbit could already have seven babies. Okay, rabbits are practically continuously fertile. That's the kind of disciple of Jesus I want to be. I want to always be fruitful continuously. And then rabbits, if you were to place two rabbits in a field and then come back and check on them in three years, you would find in that field, there would be 476 million rabbits in that field. We need to multiply like rabbits. And I believe that is a strategy in the grace of God. That is a strategy that can help us see no place left in the five-state region in just a 15-year period. Now, with that being said, we'll go ahead and move on to our next segment. I want to recommend a book to you that God has really used to inspire vision in me for how to see rapidly multiplying church planting movements take over a region for God. And this book is called T4T, A Discipleship Re-Revolution, and it's authored by Steve Smith with Ying Kai. This is an awesome book. It's a testimony of church planting movements that God is birthing. They are happening. They have been happening for years in many, many other places in the world. And now they're beginning to happen in different places in the United States. And this is what I would love to see take off here in our five-state region. I highly recommend reading this book. The testimonies will inspire you. It will also give you practical instruction for what you can do to see church planting movements explode where you live on your campus, in your city, and among the people group that is uh, that you live next to. And so uh, I just want to give a quick testimony. The main testimony in this book, of course, is one of the co-authors is, is Ying Kai. And this is a man who was in ministry. He had planted one church every year for a number of years. When God spoke to him to go to a certain area in Asia, that was a a very unreached area with the gospel, had millions and millions of people living in this area. Most of them had never heard the gospel. And God gave him a strategy, a simple biblical strategy for multiplying disciples and new churches in that region to reach those millions of people quickly. So what he did is he actually began, his initial goal was in within three years to have planted 200 churches and seen 18,000 new believers. And so what happened was he met with an initial group of 30 believers and he gave them a short training on how to share the gospel. And they made a list of who they're going to share the gospel with. And then he came back a week later and he checked on them to see uh, how, how progress went with sharing the gospel that week. Well, just in that first week, there were already a number of groups that had gotten started and, um, and they were super encouraged and they continued the discipling process, multiplying disciple makers. What ended up happening is this. After the first year, that group of 30 turned into 53,000 
430 new people were baptized into Christ Jesus just from that initial group of 30 within one year. They had 3,535 new churches that were started in that first year alone just from that initial group of 30 people. Their statistics go on, but by the end of 10 years, they had 1,738,143 people who had been baptized, given their life to Jesus, and they had over 150,000 new churches in that region, all started from a little group of 30 people. Now, this book explains the process of how they saw that happen. It's a very simple biblical process that it's very doable for you. It's very doable for me. And I would encourage you to get that book, read it, put it into practice, and uh, see God birth a movement in the area where you live. Well, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. You can do that on iTunes or you can do that on SoundCloud and then share it with other revivalists that you know. We want to spread the word. Again, my goal with this is to invest and inspire uh, in what God is doing, the move of God that's happening in our five-state region. So share this with other people that would be encouraged by the testimonies. And I want God to use this to bring together the prayer and the missions movement that he's doing in our five-state region. So I bless you in the name of Jesus to be full of the Holy Spirit, that you would abide in Jesus deeply and you would bear much fruit for the Father's glory, showing yourself to be his disciple. May you multiply like rabbits in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.